we usually chat for a tiny bit beforehand that's like non-show just stuff. Just get loosen, loosen yeah, get up. Get a loosey-goosey. Get some claws back in, in yeah. your craw. <laughs> get some claws in that craw. Um, Keep coming with really good taglines for wet claw. Open that jaw. <laughs> put in some claw. <laughs> Unhinge <Nice>. your jaw. <laughs> Unhinge your jaw. <laughs> Jack and Jim and those guys are not my friends. I got gotcha. you. Jameson, he's all right. Jameson's okay. a cool guy. Like, you can J- fuck with Jameson. He's a mellow yeah. guy. <laughs> Uh, there's a club and they don't serve rum and I'm just disappointed every time. It's wild. It's like in every pirate shanty. Like, Can I you BYOR to that place? Your? Uh, I have yeah. many times. <laughs> <laughs> Can you know, but do I? Yes. Do yes. I? Yes. But, uh, that's real pirate shit. Though. Yeah, that yeah. is. Sneaking rum into places, that's just pirate <laughs> as fuck. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that should be the goal, right? <laughs> do you want to start the show? Sure. Great. everybody happy holidays <laughs> it's our holiday episode <laughs> in a way um in the in when it lands and not at all what it's about what maybe, the content maybe i don't maybe. know but anyway um my name's zach and i'm Haley, and we're, we're not, not together. together how are you doing i'm doing pretty good uh, uh, well to be perfectly honest kind a of a stressful day yeah a lot going on yeah but i'm happy to be here because this is like this is like the thing that makes the day good, you know. This is yeah. I'm here and now I'm happy. A little cherry on it's a little top cherry of a on top turd of a poop. Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'll eat the cherry, even though there's a little eat around the shit poop. Up. Yeah, yeah. We'll it. swipe it off. Yeah. But other than that, <laughs> how are you doing, Zach? Uh, pretty good. I had an interesting day. Um, so you know, Brant, my boyfriend, who you know, mm-hmm. um, he was in Japan for a couple weeks. Um for like a trip that he's been planning since before I've met him. Mm -hmm. And he got back last Wednesday and he just left. I've got a week with him because him and his family are going now off to Germany because I've just got this jet setter boyfriend. boyfriend. Um, So he left last night to meet them in Philly and they're all flying on a trip like together from Philly to Germany today. And around like 11 a.m. I get a message from his mom, Karen, being like, hey, did you drive Brant to the airport? Like, uh, uh, no, he it, he <gasps> just left straight from work because it's so close to where he works. Yeah, right. Um, but he did text me like taking off, um, and she's like, okay, because I just haven't heard from him all day, <gasps> and I don't know if he's checked in or what. And I try calling him and nothing. I message him on all like platforms. I haven't heard from him, and they're like trying to go through security and they're kind of freaking out. I'm kind of part of me is like, I mean, I. Pretty sure he's definitely on the plane or yeah. like he's definitely there. Um, maybe his phone off, but his phone would be off like all day. That's crazy. And then she's just kind of like texting me. I'm walking her through it and stuff. And she's not sure what flight it was. I'm not exactly sure, but I end up doing like I go online. I find out based off of what time he texts me that he was leaving all the flights, leaving LAX oh to God. Philly, uh, figured out it must have been this one American Airlines flight. If it's not that one, then it's another American Airlines flight. Way to and detective, it, by the way. You. Great detective work. Found out which gate he was going to be at based on that one. Um, and then what gate his other flight was leaving <laughs> called Philly. Oh, my God. And it was just like, hey. Um, have you seen a super cute right, guy? Exactly. <laughs> He's very tall. He's very handsome. Total dope. Um <laughs> 
and uh, they're like, okay, well, so like, they take the name and the, and the thing, and we're just like, we're just going to page him. We're going to put his name on every screen and tell him <laughs> to check in with somebody. Um, so they do that for like 30 minutes. Anyway, nothing still. His mom calls me. And she's just like thinking the worst, like what could it be? And I'm just thinking also, it's an airport. I don't know how much could really happen. Um, I know his sister was like freaking out, like what if, you know, he got stolen or a plane fell out of the sky or like he got like something like a bomb or something like <laughs> I'm pretty sure that would be national news. Yeah. That the most handsome boy in the world got stolen <laughs> yeah. or a plane fell out of the sky. But I get your paranoia. I've, I'm We're all kind of there in the same boat. Yeah. And while I'm talking to his mom. Like, I just hear, he's FaceTiming me right now in the background. And like, I guess, Zach, I guess he's FaceTiming Ben. Ben is one of his sisters. Nickname for either Brie or Brit. They go by Ben and Bon. I will never be able to figure out which is which. Okay. Um, And all I hear is, where are we? Where are you? <laughs> and he was just sleeping at a different, like, gate. And had just uh. been sleeping all day and didn't turn his phone on. And everyone was worried sick. And I solved a quick mystery, which was fun. Brent. But like, what are you doing, buddy? He's sleepy boy. Sleepy boy. His mom was so stressed out. Oh, my gosh. It was great. And he had no idea that any of this was happening. And he was just like, he just texted me like, like, hey, yeah, flight was good. And I was like, you know, everyone's looking for you right now. <laughs> like, oh, no. What? <laughs> oh, no I, I can totally see him doing that. Oh, no. Oh, no. What? It was just so funny. Well, you know, if the airline loses your brand they usually mail it to you like in like a week two or days something like later that. Yeah. yeah so right. next time don't worry about it you'll, you'll just you'll just have a little tag on them that says hi <laughs> I, I more was pretty positive nothing was wrong but yeah. i just wanted to give any i don't know bit of um comfort to karen who's very sweet <laughs> and lost her boy she lost her boy Oh, uh, poor Karen. Text your mom when you land. Text your mom all, all the time. <laughs> all the time. Before any event. Even if after you're, any yeah, event. Even if you're not flying to her or she has anything to do with picking you up or you're not even, you're going to Hawaii and she has nothing to do with it. Call her. Just call Just her. Call I'm her. safe. I'm, I'm, here. I'm here. Whatever. Yeah. Hi. That's a rule. It's a rule. So, you know, especially around the holidays. The holidays are coming up. Yeah. Text your parents. Let, let your mom know. Let your mom know wherever yeah. you are. Anyway. Hi, hey, mom. Know. I'm in my house 3,000 miles away. Yeah. Oh, thank God. Oh, thank God. I almost called the police. <laughs> You should call your mom every day just to check in, <laughs> just in case. Um, just a rule of thumb to live by. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, speaking, I can never okay. do, I can't no, do this. No, where these. is it going? I like it. I like Speaking of. Yeah, you're doing it. <laughs> luggage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, Zach, help me out here. Okay. Okay. Um. Speaking of the family ties that bind us. There it is. That's why you do the transitions. That's why you do the transitions. It's not good. But it's better. Um, yeah, yeah. So um we uh we've had a couple kink episodes, um, but today we're going to really hone in on uh rope play. Mm-hmm. Um and to uh help us do that is our friend Argent wait, let me try that again. Yeah, you got it. Is our friend Argent, the pirate gentleman. <laughs> um, he is a rope artist and fetish performer. Hi there, Argent. Hi, guys. Hi. Thanks for having me. No worries. Yeah, thanks for being here after a long, long set day. It's a 12-hour set day. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah, that's a job, you know. Yeah. yeah you got to do it. And thank you for telling us how to say your name. <laughs> I appreciate times. it. And Argent. It's, it helps a lot of people because it's not a common name and they 
They've never heard of it before. They're always like RJ or right. You know. Oh man, How Starbucks must that? be a nightmare. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Angie. And- yeah. Angie. No. no. Argentina, yeah. right? Like Sergeant without the S, right? Yeah. yeah. Argent yeah, was... lose the Tina. So uh, <laughs> Argentina lose. Saying, the tina. telling people to say it like a pirate was like a great separation from all the other is things. That, that why I you decided with. to become a pirate gentleman? It is. Then oh. the, the name led to the. To the title, really? Mm-hmm. What yeah. is what does that mean? Do you actually pirate? I do pirate sometimes. That's yes. great. What do you often? Do? Uh, I started doing Renaissance fairs and SCA events drug. when I was a teenager, <laughs> and uh, you know, I was like medieval stuff and swords and knights in shining armor. And wait, there's pirates too. Yes, I want to be a pirate. Yeah, yeah. and um, it just became a namesake, and I've adopted it for many things over the years. Uh, I'm a fire juggler and I've been a fire awesome. spinner for nine years. Um, I would dress like a pirate because it would identify my performance yeah. as something memorable that people were like, draws people did you in. see that one guy? Did you see the other, that, that girl was really great, but the pirate dude, do you remember him? Like fire was, juggling yeah. pirate. It made them, it made it something easy for people to recognize and remember and, yeah. and that's, one of the things that made it stick, people would run up to me and be like, you're the pirate guy. I saw you this like two years ago at this festival. I remember it, you know? That's great. Yeah. It just helps them remember. That's yeah. awesome. That's great. Um, my roommate, uh, Dylan, is a pirate as well. I wonder if you uh, pirate in the same cross, circles. Cross paths in yeah. the sea? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or you're um, just two boats in the night. <laughs> uh, it, it never really meant to fall into what I do now, mm-hmm. but it, did and it fell right in and it's it was just like a handle that i had and yeah i was trying to think of other what do i call myself other names i love having a unique and original name yeah. there's a story behind that oh um and then having that that character characterization to go along with it has always been like helpful kind it's of a brand. Me, like identify who i was yeah, yeah totally and it led itself i never was like this is gonna be my identity uh it kind of just happened yeah like organically it just kind of Fell, you kind of fell into it. I mean, greatness so, is always thrust upon a on a on hero, a hero. You know, true. It's true. <laughs> it's the hero's journey. Yeah. <laughs> well, I can be a villain sometimes, Ooh. you know, a pirate. Oh. But uh, that's kind of the dichotomy of it. Uh, Argent actually means silver in Latin. Oh, oh cool. And so you know, pirates. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they love it. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, a lot of booty. They love a lot the of booty. booty. Love the booty. Um. So how did you then get into uh? rope play in shibari okay um yes that's what we want to talk about today that's what we're I'm super happy about. to be here and it's like uh i didn't really plan on being and you know like there was never in my mind nine years ago now i was like oh i'm gonna be a rope artist and sure. perform fetish events and stuff it just kind of happened because um it was it was something i had seen pictures of and had seen uh, you know, images and people joked about, oh, tie me up and things like that. And then, um, and uh, when I tried it, I had just kind of a natural talent for it. They're like, there's a way that your mind works and the way it solves puzzles and solves mazes. And my mind likes those sort of things. Yeah. Uh, I love the craft. I love the skill involved in it. I love the time that it takes, mm-hmm. the time that you get to spend with the other person. And so, um, you know, I 
I have studied and taken lots of classes, but I really think that it's my natural ability, the way I work with my hands and and my skills that led me to where I'm at now. Because yeah. you're like a crafty guy. Like you, you do a lot of like yeah. painting and craft. And I've like, yeah. played instruments. I've juggled. I've, you know, I paint with my hands. I, yeah. I work. So um, I'm way better at that stuff than... Maybe interviews or uh, <laughs> uh, technology. Yeah, way better, I'm way better great. at that than technology because I don't like sitting in front of a screen all day. Right, you're not like you a know? computer. No, guy, I'm not. Yeah. I'm definitely like like a tactile. Yeah, work with my hands. I totally get um, that. But mm-hmm. to but to answer the question more directly, uh, when I first got into it, I thought I wanted to be tied up. Okay, and I was interested in in what that was like and like. You know, letting go, uh, losing control, and I specifically want to be tied up by women, sure, leather-clad dominatrixes, and sort of serve that goddess mm. energy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I tried it for the first time, it wasn't really uh, erotic for me. Okay. Uh, I actually fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> so it wasn't very fun for the girl either. Mm. Yeah. Did she wake you up? <laughs> yeah, but you know, I'm a tall, I'm a big guy, and so she couldn't move lot. me around. <laughs> she man had to like whack me. a chair over you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then when I tried it on her, um, it just was like it clicked for me. You know, mm. right? I had the, I I was faster at picking it up and. And was able to sort of like keep her enthralled, and it was very erotic to mm-hmm. kind of do that. And I found that that's a better way for me to serve that energy. Yeah, is through strength and skill and and dominance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you find that most people, when they first get into it, try it first by being tied up, or do they try tying up first? Um, I th- like- I think it's definitely definitely a necessity to you know feel a little bit of what it's like to be bound even if it's just your hands together i totally agree you know you have to kind of understand um how it can affect the person that's being tied or Mm. what it feels like to be Mm -hmm. you know lose control and then in a practice sense the best person to practice on is yourself you know tie your own hands or feet together or whatever and do stuff on your own body because um you're the only one who's gonna. Uh, it's just a. It's just a great way to learn. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, because I mean, you, you have like your bo- your your body's not gonna lie to you about how, how something right. feels. How it feels. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And it's funny because you always mention that the best top is someone who is bottom. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's kind of the same thing. It's yeah, like if you way. know what it's what it's like to experience it, you, you become a more properly, effective. Totally. Dom you probably or play top more or yeah yeah but it's also like a safety issue too because you know you don't want to tie somebody up in the wrong way that cuts something off right yes uh, there are risks involved with it especially at the higher level of skill of doing what I have predominantly been doing lately which mm-hmm. is suspension and oh yeah holding s- people up in the air yeah I looked at your Facebook I saw some of that so it's incredible it's beautiful and it's also like incredible because yeah you got I guess you have to probably especially when you're doing suspension, make sure a weight distribution is is comfortable, I mm. guess. Yes, correct. Um, 
you know, uh, one of the stigmas of BDSM in general that doesn't really apply to rope is that, you know, it's all about pain and everything hurts. And right. It's always about, mm-hmm. you know, the uh, getting spanked and getting pinched or clamps and all this stuff. And and rope doesn't have to be that way. It definitely can be, you know. Um, there's a style. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about the exact uh, the Japanese names for um because it's called shibari in general, mm-hmm. which is uh, to tie and not work. And but there's also kimbaku, which means to bind tightly. And okay. so when people say they practice kimbaku as opposed to shibari, right? They're more about that, like doing it really tight and and pain and painful. There's and a the pain with a pleasure, yeah, yeah, of being more um, specific to BDSM. Mm-hmm. Okay. Got it. So shibari is just a little bit more being bound, but not necessarily tightly bound. Yeah, and it and it's more of a broad term of like ornate tying. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's an art to it. It's mm-hmm. not just like let's we're just not we're not. It's not just like we're just trying to fasten these arms back. We're doing that, but we're also kind of creating this beautiful some, pattern. Right. Yeah. yeah, there's yeah. some beautiful patterns that are that are created mm-hmm. in like. Some go like all the way up the arms and like mm-hmm. down the and legs and all you that. You can do shibari on a person that d- is non-restrictive, meaning their hands and their feet aren't bound at all. Yeah, you know, right. you can do harness on their chest or you know ornate tie on their leg or something that's not necessarily uh, restrictive. It's more like clothing and fashion, right? Um, which uh, is definitely one of the things that I started out uh, practicing a lot and doing you know, at clubs and parties and kink events and stuff because yeah. uh, it was safer and it wasn't like, you know, it didn't involve the extreme level of trust of, of that that restrictive ties do. Right. Um, meaning that, you know, like when a person's hands are tied, they shouldn't be walking around because they can't actually catch themselves if they fall. Like right. little things right. like that, you know, people don't really think about always about the safety of when a person is tied and you tied them, kind of want to care for them, look after them while they're, mm-hmm. while they're bound. Totally. Well, yeah, that's the kind of the, the back and forth of it all is that, you're, yeah, you were tying them up to restrict them, but you're also, you're kind of signing a contract like I'm going to take care of you right. by doing this. Yeah, I think that's what a lot of people, I guess, don't understand about doms, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it's not just about like being the dominant one. It's like a contract of like, I'm going to be dominant, but I'm also not going to hurt you it's and I'm going to take care of you. It's nothing outside of what you want to do. Like right. It's, yeah. Right. It's not yeah. like a, I'm going to hurt you and then fuck you. Like there's right. a lot of like care usually involved. Yeah. Um, I don't, I'm, I'm, I just don't know if uh, the term contract is right because not it's not literal contract, like, a, like an unwritten. Yeah. Like yeah, it's like, a half, it's not a, it's not a have to thing, but it is a courtesy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it is for me an instinct. It's like an agreement or, right. you know, it's like, yeah. I have, when a, when I, I have I want to care for those people. You know? right. I want to look after them when they are weak and vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but but yeah. So yeah, I guess it, I guess you're right. I guess it's not always that way. Sure. But I think it's should be probably. There's a lot of trust there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. And it and it's a two way street. You don't want to, you know. Um, by contract, you mean an agreement. Yeah. Like right. They understand yeah, yeah. that. 
you know, you're not going to do anything to them against their will yeah. as they give you that, put themselves in that vulnerable state. Yeah. Right. And you not only beyond honoring what you agreed on, also like look after them, keep other people from doing something to them while they're bound. Yeah. You know, right. kind of right. serve as a, as mm-hmm. a protector. At yeah, least yeah. that's what, for me, the instinct that usually kicks in. Mm-hmm. That's great. Mm-hmm. Um, do you happen to know anything about the history of Shabari? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Um, you know, I've definitely uh, read and, and taken a number of classes. Um, I can't say that I uh, know verbatim everything sure. that I learned, but um, you know more than we do. I, 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 there's, <laughs> there's parts of it that I remember that really stuck in my mind that uh, that I can share with you. Great. And um, uh, one of those is, you know, it it was used as a form of torture to prisoners. Yeah. Oh wow. But in in regards to that, is that prisoners were people that you didn't want to kill. Mm-hmm. Mm. So in a way, uh, by capturing them and tying them in an ornate way, you were you were honoring them mm-hmm. as uh, you know somebody that didn't deserve to be killed or wanted to be kept. Yeah. If you know we're talking about you know feudal Japan and and if you know a samurai wanted you dead, he could cut your head off, and there was no recourse for him at all. Right. Um, but, but that's not always true because if you cut the head off of another warrior Mm -hmm. or, uh, say a royal family's daughter, all her brothers and uncles and everybody would be out for your blood. Yeah. They would come down on you. They would. Right. And so, um, there was people that they wouldn't kill and they would tie them in an ornate way Mm -hmm. to sort of maintain their honor Hmm. to say that, you know, this person, we didn't kill them. We left them, you know, bound beautifully. Um, So in the form of like, you know, uh, young girls, Mm -hmm. they would sometimes do that and hold the girl for ransom for the family. Because, you know, they, the, the, the woman was worth something to the family to marry off. It was like a, Mm -hmm. uh, it was, important to them yeah um the other instance in history that it was used was by the police um against the samurai because if a basically a policeman dishonored a samurai Mm -hmm. the samurai would get drunk and go wreak havoc in the town and stuff and the police had to protect the people and keep the peace and um uh they would wrap them and capture them um as opposed to fighting them and killing them mm-hmm. or dishonoring them in some way, because if they get dishonored a samurai, they would get their own heads cut off. Mm. Um, if the samurai woke up and said, you beat me in a battle, I'm going to fight you again. He could possibly yeah. die. Um, but if they did them in ornate bondage, you know, they were like, no, I wrapped him for his own safety and in a style that maintained his honor. Mm-hmm. So, so the beauty and the ornateness of it was almost an, inherent in shibari originally as part of like a way to show respect for people that they were capturing um i mean i think that's just represented in the culture as a whole right you know of doing things with care and attention and Mm -hmm. uh 
in detail mm-hmm. but uh but yeah that was definitely one of the parts that i remember about what the history obviously there was some people who were um you know the one of the methods a common tie is like your hands behind your back wrapped around your chest it's impossible to get out of yeah mm. so like if it's done properly you can almost never get out of it and so that was used as a form of torture by the time that prisoner was found their arm might be numb and they would right you know have lost feeling but and then start people started saying mm, daddy like you <laughs> and uh and now it's a sex thing yeah um there's a there's a popular rope artist uh master k in la that has a book on kimbaku and mm. he that's probably one of the most um uh extensive references that i can think of of the history of the history and um he talks about a uh court case in there where they were uh trying to get a woman to um uh this is the the deals i don't remember <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah you can think about yeah, it yeah they were bit. trying to to get her to confess and um tortured her through bondage to do it yeah and apparently the court case went on forever and she never confessed and that was one of the things they were like, uh, she might actually like this. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got to think of new, I, less kinky torture. I think one of the things that, that glorified it as a fetish and as a thing was the the kidnap maiden, you know, because I she see. would be, oh, right. she would be, she would be kidnapped by these rough and tumble men, but not, not uh, even deflowered or not, right. you know. Uh, murdered or poisoned sort in any way kept right yeah. it's like held and uh a lot of a lot of some ties include uh you know like a crotch rope mm. mm-hmm. uh, between the legs and that was like a way to say you know like she was protected from being mm-hmm. deflowered as well or at least right. that was what they would claim you know they could obviously do some form of torture or pleasure to her with that rope Mm-hmm. Right in, that, sure. in that position, but yeah. it would kept anybody, any of the other thieves, from trying to get her. Got it. Right, right. Cool. Oh, that's really interesting. interesting. Yeah. So I wonder if this is like, is it? Do you think it, it could be considered like one of the oldest fetishes? Like, I wonder when it like transitioned Ooh, from feet's got to be older, right? <laughs> I don't know, right? I'm not sure, but it, it's so interesting. It's it's one of the, I guess the few things right. that started as a pra- practical. Mm-hmm you know uh any, yeah. application any sort of like bondage like handcuffs and stuff like that yeah right handcuffs has been as taken. Well. yeah but i mean what is that but just another form of just bondage. bondage yeah right exactly yeah that's really interesting well and you yeah. said you've been doing it for nine years now yeah uh eight or nine years but um you know i started out just barely playing around not knowing right. anything so i didn't um i started in seattle when i was living up there and i moved to la about seven years ago mm-hmm. and um started like there's a huge community and support group and multiple classes and instructors in LA. That's great. And I started just pursuing it and learning a bunch or practicing it with my partners and um you know developing it and then started doing photo shoots with it and uh one of the first like the coolest photo shoots I ever did was do bondage on an entire burlesque troupe. Just like oh, cool. oh five wow um five gorgeous girls yeah. yeah and um and uh yeah and i've been doing suspension as performance for the past three years 
Mm-hmm. And, and so, yeah, how do you make that leap? Because I'm sure that's that's kind of a into performance. In well, yeah. into suspension. Oh, got it. Because I'm sure that's like a pretty big deal, you know. Yeah, and uh, you know, I I waited a long time. Like I really, it was about five years in that, that I uh, wanted to try it mm-hmm. um, because you really want to get that foundation of, you know what ties will or will not mm-hmm. cut people's, you know, cause nerve damage or cut yeah. blood flow off, what harnesses are the most comfortable or safest. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, and it's just kind of the next step, you know. It was just yeah. kind of like how do you advance your skill, how do you get better. And because yeah. it is a popular, visually very beautiful. It's very beautiful. And is, is, a, is a sort of a, another – sensation beyond just being bound the sensation of like floating or mm-hmm. or flying yeah um kind of like uh ups the game a little bit for for both um top and bottom yeah right interesting right. um so can you uh would you be able to like name drop any of the classes and like groups that do these these um, um rope i know on one or? year i know on one of your previous um episodes they mm-hmm. were talking about fet life yeah and that mm-hmm. was a huge resource for me to find out yeah about classes and there's a number of dungeons in la yeah um i'd rather say the locations sure than okay any one class because there's multiple teachers at different places there's regular rope jams mm-hmm. where you can just go and practice um a rope gym jam oh jam yeah sorry where it's, I where it's, it's more like a practice session yeah. and not necessarily like a lecture per yeah. se. Okay, yeah. Um so it's almost, is that where people come together and you're like, Hey, will you try this on me or can I try yeah, this on you? Yeah, so you normally come more with of a partner sh- or yes. Well skill share. You don't always yeah. have to come with a partner, but you want to bring your own rope. Sure. Oh, um, okay, fair enough. B Y O R. Because I've got some rope and I don't know what to really do <laughs> with it honestly. Uh but you know Take the, it to a rope channel. Yeah, the the three main dungeons that that offer classes are uh, Sanctuary LAX. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were just We've there. there. Um, yeah. The Lair. The Lair. Okay. I know um, of the Lair, yeah. Threshold. Threshold. I yeah. don't know that one. But cool. uh, they're, you know, they're all pretty much RAN members only. Okay. And so you have to do an orientation and then go to a class and then you're able to go to cool. some of the play parties. A lot so, of them are like that like workshop and play parties in the same night and stuff like that. So there's like an orientation, like you have to meet in front of like a co-op board, but for not (laughs) exactly. They, they basically just like go over basic etiquette and basic rules and regulations Mm of what, you know, how you should conduct yourself in a place like that, how Mm -hmm. to be respectful if you don't know that sort of thing. Right. Um, But those are places that serve, that are common classes. Um, I have personally taught a workshop at a festival um, and there's many other resources beyond those places. Yeah. Um, there is a popular rope group in LA that is one of the largest training sessions available. Um, their name is Devil Mass Society. Cool. Um, I haven't completed it because I wasn't that able to. I was actually dropped because I oh. couldn't work and I couldn't finish it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just because you were so busy with work yeah, and it's stuff. Yeah, it's, totally. it's almost a two-year program. It's wow. a 20 wow. program. Yeah, and doing like a freelance life with that, would, it's got to be. It was difficult for me, but they're yeah. also, you know, um, serious. And yeah, absolutely. You, you get quizzed on what you learned, and if you can't com- be competent in what you learned, you can't go to the next level. I mean, 
I mean, it is an yeah, it's fully an art, yeah. and I love that people take that much care and like respect and you know mm-hmm. to teach it. Um, but they they between the years they've been going, there's a number of great rope artists that have come out of that yeah you know, that group, and um, uh, there's other people who have went and studied in Japan and come back and really, like, you know. That's um, oh, that so cool. there's not just one one source and. That's one of the things that I feel that benefited me mm-hmm. in learning was that I was taking multiple classes from different instructors yeah. and learning from books and videos and kind totally. of soaking it in from all directions yeah, yeah. Um, and just plain practice and getting the opportunity to tie people mm-hmm. was a, was a, you know, the biggest learning thing you can have. Haley, have yeah. you ever been tied up? I haven't. No, never. Not, not once. Well, not not in a f- formal sense i guess sure. like not by a pr- like not an by artist <laughs> not by an artist you know sure just in a like very casual yeah. <laughs> like bedroom Relax. scenario yeah, not like- and not by rope actually no not by like yeah different mm-hmm. different kinds of things but not rope you but, get yeah. bondage tape is great I know. I, I want to try that. Also, as a guy, like there's just I just have a collection of neckties, which like in a pinch. True. Totally, you'll do. True. Um, but, but yeah, yeah it's I, nice that it's it doesn't stick to your hair yeah, and stuff. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah, I don't really know much about actual like tying, like knots and everything. Right. You know, and so I'd love to take a class I at think some time. One of my first kinky sex experiences was with a bandana where I tied a girl's hands together. That's great. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Yeah, it's great. Like before you know all that stuff, you have to be a little like, I don't know. Crafty. Crafty. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Creative. You have to like see what do I got? You got to kind of MacGyver it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, what's, do you have like a favorite knot or like a favorite way to tie somebody? Um, I'm a fan of like the hip, harness and leg ties mm-hmm. i think um there's a couple i just like you know like one of my fetishes is is um fishnets and stockings fishnets. and garters mm-hmm. yeah and so doing like a long ladder tie with multiple ropes on the leg something that shows that off yeah is is oh, one of cool. my favorites yeah. to do that's cool so you almost create like a fishnet pattern yeah. with the rope yeah. that's cool and uh, i think there was an article i read about how something about the eroticness of seeing skin through your clothing is more sexy than just like bare your open leg. I agree. Yeah. You know? I, I, it, I can see that. I agree with that. It too. does something like it tricks your brain, you know, like that's why fishnets are so sexy because mm-hmm. you're seeing so much clothing like hidden or so much skin hidden mm-hmm. behind clothing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and you would describe um, the relationship between, is there a term for the tire and the tie? Uh, it's, it's generally, or- Top and bottom. Top and bottom, right. Um, people, you know, uh, you don't necessarily have to be submissive to be in bondage, you know? That's what I was going right. to ask. Is it a dom-sub relationship, but not necessarily? Yeah, it can be, and that's 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 commonplace because um, one of the things that being bound does to people is it kind of forces them to let go, forces them to submit in a way, mm-hmm. in a physical sense. And mm-hmm. then often their mind kind of goes along with that and is like, okay, I'm going to do what this person is telling me because they're in control of my, mm-hmm. in control of my safety and me right now. Um, but uh, a lot of, a lot of people just say that feeling is freeing, you know, like mm-hmm. totally you're, you let, let go and you're not, you don't have to be in charge of your mm-hmm. self and, Somebody's going to just hold you up and take care of you. And so, um, 
you know, everybody, I think, whether how dominant or submissive you are, likes that feeling at some point. Mm-hmm. Knowing nice to be that somebody's for. gonna so yeah. be taken yeah. care of. Uh, yeah. I feel like that's the kind of also the thesis of this show or like anytime anybody explains anything, there's always like, well, it's this, but not necessarily. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> and um, again, about the stigma is like, I don't identify as a sadist. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I don't do it. I don't specifically practice Kimbaku where I'm trying to do it in a painful way that is is a sensation that somebody may be seeking. I I have and... When a person asks for that, I'm capable sure. of it. But generally, I I seek that feeling of them letting go and them feeling comforted and cared for. And, um, you know, like, uh, that's where my strength and my size benefit me because mm-hmm. I can generally pick somebody up, rope or no rope. And so if they are going to fall or, you know... Um, that like I if got the you. rope yeah. breaks, I can catch them, you know? Right, right. Mm. So there, there's something interesting to that because like you would be the top, but it's also like you are kind of serving them in well, a way. That's that's a mindset that I come from. From in your yeah. personal experience. I feel like, yeah, at least when I'm being more dominant, it's I mean, it's all about the bottom's pleasure, really. Right, right. It's yeah. catering to them. Mm-hmm. You're trying to give them the sensation and yeah. and Totally. Uh, and yeah, you're, they're your little like toy and play thing, but also you're, yeah, yeah. it's a give take. Yeah. yeah. Especially when I'm topping, because when I'm topping, like my, like usually what I'm using to top mm-hmm. is not correlated to my own pleasure. Oh, sure. Yeah. So it's, yeah. Like, especially in like lesbian relationships, because you know, you use it, you're using like a strap on right, or whatever. Right. It's not something that's physically part of your body. Exactly. So it truly is like yeah. all about the bottom's like mm-hmm. pleasure in that sense. So yeah. I can relate to that. Yeah. Um, people like me who don't necessarily like identify as a, as a sadist, the word for us is sensualist. Sensualist I we're like. we're trying to give them those sensations. Yeah. One of those sensations may be pain. Sure. Especially mm-hmm. if you know that it is exciting for them. Yeah. Um, but for me, it's really the dichotomy of the two yeah. that make an experience interesting and whole you know like mm-hmm. we have pleasure and pain together right and you have the the dominance of you know um i have total complete control of you but you're safe and i'm going to take care of you. yeah right you know, it's like that kind of dichotomy is really um uh you know that's what that's what plays with people's heads as well as their body. Yeah. You know? Right. I've never heard the term sensualist. That's cool. Is nice. Because like, in, whereas sadists get pleasure out of pain, it's right. like you get pleasure out of the fact that they're pleasure. getting pleasure. Yeah. Out of the pain. Uh, right. Maybe if possibly pain, but yeah, exactly. Pain. That could be yeah. part of it. Yeah. Um. Can you talk a little bit about uh, like the kind of events you do and what that looks like? Uh. Yeah. I do rope in all capacities. Um, I do it with my lovers in personal mm-hmm. sex life. I do it as art in photographs mm-hmm. and uh, with with models. Yeah. And then I do it um, as play and as performance. Um, so usually some of the events I do is usually a performance setting mm-hmm. for me. But they're also at parties where people can play. Um, uh, the one I'm doing... Tomorrow night is um, called Love and Lust, Love and Lust Events. They have one about, you know, like every other month, mm-hmm. um, usually around the holidays. This is a naughty list. Nice. Themed. Perfect. 
and um it's really cool it's at a it's this is going to be at a new venue that's totally private and so um you know you have to be a member to get tickets but it's going to have a, like a vip kink area with some of my other friends who are uh kink performers mm-hmm. and um i am going to be doing suspension i bring my own rig and i bring girls that i've worked with before yeah. that i've at least done photo shoots with um <clears throat> the one saturday is in orange county mm-hmm. and it's called black christmas okay and it's it's like a goth dance party. That sounds oh, cool. Amazing. Also has a VIP <laughs> fetish play area, and cool. there's um, a guy who makes fetish furniture that's gonna have furniture there for people to play with their partners. Oh, wow. There's a couple performers like me that are gonna, you know, do a show, and some mm. of us do take participants from the audience if you oh. want to be spanked and stuff like that. Cool. Um, so those are usually yeah, those are the type of events. Mm-hmm. The the one in two weeks is the Tim Burton theme ball at the oh, Belasco. Cool. Um, that's, I want to go to these parties. <laughs> that's with a with a promoter and a group um, called Batcave that mm-hmm. I performed with for a number of years, and they have a great group of DJs and uh, everybody likes to dress up, so they always have a theme and mm-hmm. stuff. And um, yeah, they're um, they're fun and. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, it's definitely still more of a hobby for me. Yeah, doing mm-hmm. this, I do it because mm-hmm. I love it, and um, you know, I just like I like supporting these events. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you get lucky and get paid, and sometimes yeah. you just do it because you get to have fun with your sexy friends. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you get to go to sexy sex yeah. parties. Yeah. Um, when you do bring up like it, whether it's a model, you bring up a like a volunteer um like what's the process like and and how long does that take you know to like do you make like a is it like a big when you say you make a show out of it like or you're performing is it like are you up there as the pirate gentleman or um well i don't separate the pirate gentleman from myself so Mm -hmm. it's me up there yeah Mm -hmm. and um uh, it's usually not about the audience, but mm-hmm. the audience enjoys it, and so it's definitely a practice in exhibitionism. So you're, yeah, you're up there, you're doing it. If yeah. they're watching, great. Exactly. Got it. Um, we don't, I don't stop the music for my show, or Got like, it. it's not like um, I've been. I do actually try to stay away from doing like a main stage thing because mm-hmm. rope takes time. Yeah. And right. Unlike a burlesque dancer, they get to do one song or yeah. two songs and i could take 30 to 45 minutes depending on yeah wow. how intricate the tie is right so um, you were saying you're doing a shoot with five uh models so was that how long did that take that that took a while yeah, yeah. <laughs> i do a shoot with one model take can take four hours yeah. but uh it was it was definitely an all day that's event. amazing wow. so some of them are tied up for a very long time is that what you're saying uh i did di- i did different ties and different poses and i tried to do like harnesses that they could walk around in and then do their arms together smart mm-hmm. kind of like like do it in a way that no, they're not tied up for too Got long. It. Um, uh, yeah, you generally don't want to leave somebody tied up for an extended length of time. Right. If I do a suspension, a girl is usually rarely up there for more than five minutes. Okay. Oh wow. So it's um, really all about just uh, doing it. The, the the performance is doing it and then undoing it for however long it takes. Yeah. And they're suspended for right. That uh, so you it's know, a lot of pre-tying yeah. before, and then getting them up there, right? And untying too, and that is where mm. the interaction with the person comes into play. Gotcha. Um, 
And that's, you know, I try to make that part of the performance because that in itself is erotic to me. Yeah. The process is erotic for me. Of them getting their movement. Yeah. Back. And I will, I will manhandle their body a little <laughs> bit and I will like pull their hair while I do their chest wrap or put their arms behind their back, bend them over and spank them while I do the yeah. waist harness. Mm -hmm. And that's how you stay engaged in the scene with the person while you're doing rope mm -hmm. for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, that has, I've only been able to do that since I've practiced for so long. It's yeah. a lot harder for a new person to say they have to tie you and then spank you, you know, like it takes a while to get to that point. Mm -hmm. um, and for me, I feel very fortunate to be able to have that natural ability to tie with one hand and play with the other. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, about about the performances, you know, everyone is different. Every person I tie is different. Some people want to be super comfortable and sit in a swing. Some people want to be hung upside down and spanked. You know, yeah. like it's <laughs> like each individual. I try to negotiate with each individual, you know, personally, so that it's not like this is what's going to happen to you every time. No, how do you feel today? What do you want to do right now? Is generally the conversation. That's so cool. That's, I so yeah. appreciate you saying that as well. Cause, yeah. Yeah. It really is. There's yeah, day to day. I feel like and for any scene. Um, yeah. I yeah. mean, I have a series of standard questions that I always ask a person. Oh yeah. You know, like consent questions. And oh yeah, before, can you list those for us? Before I do a suspension, I try to take them through the steps. Like if they've never, I've had um, plenty of girls who are like, oh, I want to get suspended i'm like well have you ever been tied up before right no have you ever felt rope on your body before no. no then let's put you in a chest harness so you know what it feels like yeah to be tied specifically mm -hmm. by me and then let's tie your hands together to see how that feels and then we'll check in and see how that sensation how you respond to that and then from that point we could move to the higher level of mm -hmm. you actually mm -hmm. being off the ground yeah um, well, it's like gauges <laughs> there's so many yeah, like totally. i keep bringing back to this but it's almost like ear gauges where it's like okay you can't go to like full-on giant right. ear thing at the beginning mm -hmm. and let's stick a little one in at first then we'll go bigger and bigger right. and then i mean the people who can withstand being suspended for 10 minutes and longer are like athletic aerialists they have the stamina mm. of they know what it's like to be upside down yeah they're used to it you know they've spun around on their own uh, you know upside down and so they're the people that uh i tend to try to like uh those type of people i love performing with because they yeah. have that ability and they're not you know gonna have get dizzy from being upside down for more than 30 seconds or things like that right it's you know? gonna be a lot of fun to work with it takes it takes a certain amount of stamina to be a rope bottom I've, yeah totally especially if you're being suspended it I takes guess. a lot yeah. of stamina to be a bottom in gen <laughs> just in general right, any kind of bottom <laughs> and you know they have pushed them their limits to that ability already yeah and so a when you're training as they say with somebody or working with them um you find out their limits and yeah they you try to help them and cater them to push their own limits but when they want down, you let them down, you know, mm -hmm. when they want to get untied, you untie them. Yeah. And, uh, so I don't do a lot of like, I'm going to tie you up and see if you can get out thing uh -huh. because right. 
if you want out, I'm going to let you out. Not a jerk you know? about it. Yeah. 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 Um, I can think I that's a good way to do it. answer your other question about the kind yes. of the interview process that I have for yeah, my That was going to be that. my Bottoms. next thing. I, I would love to hear, yeah, your like list of questions. It's great. Um, it's, it's, it's pretty generic and it definitely just starts the conversation. Should we answer these as you ask them? Uh, <laughs> since there's two of you, it's going to be difficult. Okay, fine. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but by no means is it just cut and dry. These are the questions, you know, right. like you, you, I ask them as a rule, as a guideline for myself and mm-hmm. how I practice. And um, basically the goal is to get the person to communicate with you, communicate what their limits are, what they're comfortable with, what their boundaries are. So, you know, every question is that, is tell me what you're are okay with or not okay with. Right. The first basic question I ask is, can I put my hands on you to tie you? Mm-hmm. And that is like, can I be in your personal space? Um, the second question is, is there any part of your body that's sore or injured that I need to, you know, stay away from or be aware of? Mm-hmm. And then the, and somebody might be like, yeah, my, my shoulder's messed up and I can't put my arm behind my back. That's important. I don't want to tire that right. person like that. Yeah. And then, um, the third one is, is there any part of your body that you absolutely don't want me to touch completely hands off, you know? Mm-hmm. And so uh, that's the three questions that I usually always start with. Those are great questions. That's and then I'm sure you adapt, great. you add a fourth or a fifth depending on absolutely and, what the answers mm-hmm. are and all yeah. that kind of and, stuff. And um, I will often, before a person, before a girl specifically, since I generally work with beautiful women Mm -hmm. i'm that fortunate that that's my (laughs) life um you test them before the rope even goes on like like can i put my hand on your neck can i touch your hair is it okay if i put my hand under your breasts around this you know before Mm -hmm. you even do the rope you test that comfort zone and you not only listen to exactly what they say when they're like no just no touching my breasts Mm -hmm. but i try to pay attention to their body language the way they move the energy that they're responding with because Mm -hmm. they might be uncomfortable but not be able to say it totally you know so uh you have to be more receptive than just oh she said she was okay with it but no you can trust your instincts yeah Mm -hmm. and she doesn't like you pulling your hair don't pull her hair right you Mm -hmm. know if she pulls away or jerks away you're frightening her and so Mm -hmm. You don't want to, I don't want to do that. And I doubt right. anybody finds the scene any less sexy or fun for asking those questions. If anything, it's more so. I, yeah. And yeah. and that's, you know, before you even start the scene. Yeah. You got to have this negotiation. Right. Um, I have a couple other guidelines mm-hmm. that I try to follow. Um, specifically at these events that I do, there's always music and there's yeah. always audience. And... Music makes it difficult to hold a, mm-hmm. a direct conversation sometimes. Yeah. And audience adds additional pressure. pressure. You know, you have performance pressure. It's a mob mentality. It's their first time, yeah. yeah. And so I try to pre-negotiate before Smart. my events, before they're at, at that location. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to talk to them about it. I want to ask those questions. Or I want to tell them 
that I'm going to ask those questions, you know? Right. I love that you do that, especially because there's so many like guys right now. Usually, I mean, by say there's so many assholes right now who say things like, um, oh, I don't even know how to talk to women these days. Like, how can you flirt? Like, you know, like you can you could do all these things like just don't be. Don't be an asshole. Gross. Don't be an asshole. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's also which I've seen, you know, like. You know, popular club behavior is you should go up and start touching, put your hands all over a girl Ugh. without yeah. even yeah. making eye contact with her. And it's like, that's, that just makes me so uncomfortable, it's you know? Wild. Yeah. Yeah. No, consent is, is wonderful yeah. and yeah. so key um, and builds trust. Mm-hmm. And those, those questions, the reason I ask those and specifically about a body and somebody's comfort level is because, um, I generally am very intimate when I do rope. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say it always has to be. You can totally have a friendly rope tying session, you know, not sexual at all. That's usually mm-hmm. what a class environment's like. Right. You know, it doesn't have to be. And I've done plenty of those. I've worked with plenty of models that are fully, you know, like it's not sexual at all. They just want the picture. And, mm-hmm. you know, totally. like I still do that because they still get something they enjoy out of it. They yeah. still feel beautiful. They still get to feel the sensation of floating or or being bound. And and being in Shibari mm-hmm. is is sexy, even mm-hmm. if it's just in the photo. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Um, but, but what I prefer to do and how I perform is intimate. And that means that I'm hugging a girl while I'm tying her. Mm-hmm. I have her in my arms. I'm holding her body weight. You know, I'm... I'm bending her over and it tends mm-hmm. to be more sexual. And uh, to me, that is what, you know, makes it fun because that's how I like to do it with my actual partners. Um, mm-hmm. But it also makes it a performance that you would watch like a live right. scene. Yeah. Right, right. It's, yeah, especially in those environments, like if you're already kind of at a mm-hmm. kink event, you you don't want to see something necessarily cl- clinical. You want to right. see like a more sexy yeah, thing. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, <laughs> it inspires. One of the things I like about it is that it inspires people to try it or to, they see that way about it and they're like, oh man, I just thought you just tied up their hands and they did stuff. Right. But no, you, you can make tying part of the, part, part of, the, of the, pro- the process is the intimate. Intimacy. Yeah. yeah, I think more people need to realize that any sort of foreplay is the act itself. Like it's right, it's all part of it. It's the journey. Yeah, it not is. the destination. And I'll tell you, that's been the greatest thing for me in my personal sex life is to extend the yeah the time that you get to play and be with that person. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. you know, like you get to spend an hour, yeah, you know, caressing their body and moving them around and being in position and sharing that space with them and getting turned on by them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it leads up to just a great, great moment. Yeah. The, um, the classes, is it, um, is it pretty split as far as, um, like sexuality or is it, is it mostly heterosexual or there's some like gay couples or it's different every time yeah. and every class is different. I don't think that that's, I'm sure there's gay specific classes as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, there, Oh, I'm trying to think of the, there's a studio downtown that I've actually never been to mm-hmm. um, that uh, does great photographic work and has a queer positive group that has cool. queer specific classes. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, 
I'd have to look up the name on. I would think we'd love to sit in on one or, or join one yeah. uh, there's, and report back. There's, yeah. a, there's a new uh, place in Long Beach that opened up from one of the members of that group oh, yeah. that I was talking about called the Thai House, mm-hmm. which is specifically a rope dojo. And so oh. they are rope-centric group where you can present, learn, and practice. That's so oh, that's cool. cool. Wow. Very so not cool. just like a... A place like Sanctuary where it's like just kink. It's like specifically rope. Yep. That's so cool. Very mm-hmm. cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, before we go into a bit of a game, is there anything else that we haven't touched on that you might want to say? Boy, or? Uh, there's a lot. I know. I think an hour ends up being such a short does, amount of time. And when I think specifically, you know, the, the main thing I wanted to come and talk about was that the, the trying to destroy the sigmas, that getting tied up doesn't have to be painful. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be forceful. You know, it's it's a agreement between two people and, you know, um, the sensation of not even being bound, but the sensation I get from running rope across the girl's chest or through her hands or over her neck mm-hmm. is the, you know, like an That's erotic aspect for it. So like that whole sensation play that you do with the rope. Um, uh, one of the best quotes uh from an instructor i had was that like you know rope is a conduit and that means that whatever energy you have you can put into it Mm -hmm. and use it to express yourself and i feel like that is what makes somebody an artist is it's a medium to express myself and uh i get to express my love and desire for women in that way Mm -hmm. and i get to share with them and even if they're not a sexual partner when i tie them i hope that they feel appreciated and you know loved and desired even just being held by the rope right Mm -hmm. because yeah anyone has access to paint or clay or rope but it's like putting that extra energy and intention into it i guess that makes you an artist and practice and training you know and if and if you want to hurt somebody through it by, you know, another means, if your intention is negative, it could still express that. And sure. so you you just kind of, one of the things that I have, has led me to work with so many people is the way they feel and the way they um, respond into it. You know, mm-hmm. like they get to receive that that feeling from me. Yeah. That's lovely. That's great. Well, I think I've learned you, a you lot got today. All that across very beautifully. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much again. Yeah, I think that's true. You can you can put negative in. You can like take a brick and bash somebody's head in, or you can make something out of it. You know, right? You can build a building. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Same thing. Yeah, that's really cool. I love that. It's a great uh, way of putting it. Yeah. So uh, I thought a bit about the type of game we might want to play. Um, for a bit, I was thinking, uh, you know, what's huh? I'm going to take a break. Totally. Real, real quick. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. White Claw Break. Oh, White Claw Break. White, right, oh, yeah. White Claw Break. No worries. I never, very seldom do I get to enjoy a good White Claw. Oh, enjoy <laughs> You can take away. some home if you like. This episode brought to you by White Claw um, <laughs> and a lot of the other episodes. Unhinge your jaw. <laughs> drink drink, drink a little back of White Claw. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, the drink that snakes love. Uh, <laughs> um so yeah i was thinking like maybe you know tongue twisters i was like no let's not torture you guys um <laughs> not that much but yeah. so i and i was thinking more and i remembered the trolley problem do you know the trolley problem i do yeah do you know 
I don't. Okay, it is great because I'm going to explain it anyway. <laughs> um, so it is a like a philosophical sort of um, just like what do we call it? Like a exercise. It's a philosophical, yeah, philosophical exercise. Question. Yeah. Um, the standard trolley pl- problem is so imagine you're in front of a switch. There is a trolley coming at high speed. Its brakes are broken. On the tracks are tied. Hey, tied with rope. Um, <laughs> five people. You do not know these people. But they are on the track and they are going to be run over by this trolley. The switch will change the tracks. But there is one other person tied to the other side. Do you switch the switch? So the idea is you do nothing. Yeah. So you are you didn't cause the you problem. You didn't cause it. You're not doing it, but you have no hand in the problem. Right. Five people die. Yeah. Or you actively you kill one person. Actively flip the switch. Saving five. Saving five. Yeah. But killing one person. So just based off of that base level, what would you do, do you think? I think I would flip the switch. I think most people generally flip the switch. But yeah. the the game changes when I'm you... I'm a proactive tra- person. I totally get that. Would you say, what if it was five people, but throwing someone from the train would slow it down? Would you do still do the same thing? <laughs> it's a little um, different. It's a little more active, right? I don't Pushing think I somebody. would. Depends, it's different. Depends on... Technically, it's a one for five swap. Same thing. Yeah. But right. anyway, that's not what we're playing today. Well, fortunately, being who I am, I think I could untie them rather quickly. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't think so about the, that. The trolley right. problem so, does not apply. So the you question, save everybody. So, and so the same. The question is: There are two people. You can only untie one or the other. You cannot t- untie all of them. They're just too far away. I don't care how fast your fingers are. <laughs> the trolley's um, coming fast. I the trolley's it. coming fast. Um, it's gonna. It's gonna hit one so or the other. So you have to save one person. It's not necessarily. It, oh. There's gonna be two different. I'm gonna give you two options. Okay, and got you. Like for the first option, it's a baby. Oh. Or four horses. We have to save either a baby or four horses. Yeah. Uh, truly, uh-huh. my instinct is to save four horses, <laughs> uh, but I might go ahead and save the baby just because I don't want to deal with the press, the yeah. negative press. If it's killed like a baby. this bitch killed a baby and don't save four horses, so I, I might have think? to go baby. You don't have to have the same answer. I would. I would probably go baby. You'd save baby. I would save, save baby. baby. Yeah. Kill four Sorry, horses. Sorry, horses. Yeah. All right. Because I enough. would think about the baby's mother. Oh you yeah. Know? Like you and can, horses. You can, um, they I mean, just they orphans. reproduce uh, <laughs> well, by osmosis. I mean, <laughs> have no. I I, I I see the the conundrum that's, there. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. Um, no, no, no. I, I get it. But it's I get it. It's a baby. By the way, yeah. I, I told you that when we played this game, there's no right or wrong answers. Yeah. There are absolutely right answers. <laughs> and the right answer is baby. Baby. Fair enough. All right. It's um, to save the baby. This one. So Unless this, you could use the four horses to escape. To then save oh. the baby. Fair, maybe. You could use them to escape. The press. Oh, <laughs> hey, probably. The probably. Bat. People are like, hey, catch that woman. And I'm like, I got four I horse got, power. I got four yeah. horses. See ya. Yeah. You get, then you get three other people dressed exactly like you to go off on the other horses. And yes. Then cr- cause and then we chaos. Scatter. scatter. We go in all different directions. It's North, possible. east, west, There's south. no wrong answers. Good luck. Um, good luck. Uh, Michelle Obama or three Mr. Rogers. Oh. So here's my thing. Yeah. I'm sure Mr. Rogers... Was a fantastic dude. Totally. I never watched that show. Oh, no. Did you? I did. I didn't watch it. Yeah. What was it on? PBS. It was on PBS. Yeah, yeah. I was watching Barney or something. You shit. taught me how crayons were made. Aw. Yeah. Do you like Michelle Obama in her arms? Uh-huh. Dang. 
three Mr. Rogers. What do you though? got? What are you I'm thinking? sexist. I would definitely say Michelle Obama. Instead <laughs> of three Mr. Rogers. You know. Eileen, Eileen Michelle, He's too. He's your neighbor. <laughs> but only because I I truly fair don't enough. know him. I Totally fair enough. Can like, I? Can you would I save tell, him? I don't know. I'd probably save him. It's Michelle Obama. It's three Mr. It's Rogers. It's hard. So can I give you something that might change your mind? Yeah. So every episode, Mr. Rogers would feed his fish, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, in front of so, a um, a blind girl wrote in, and she wanted to check to make sure that the fish were being fed. Oh. And so every episode after that, he would audibly say, "I'm feeding my fish." Oh my god! Do you still save Michelle He's Obama? So nice. <laughs> I, I hear probably so, yes. I, I hear know. so many stories like that about him. He does seem like Michelle Obama. Also has an. Exactly, probably the same amount of nice stories. It's a very hard Michelle yeah. Obama. I think yeah. we gotta go with Michelle I mean, Obama. The number of those, there's three of them, and potentially between all three of them, more good could be done. But I think it's probably <laughs> gonna take True. longer. This is my problem. Oh, with fair Mr. enough, Rogers. You will be able to he, do it, no matter how is, many people. I'm telling. Yes, kind of takes his time with things. <laughs> He is. Michelle is like a get out, get it done. We're gonna. That's true. Right now. So right. Because as soon as you untie the first one, he's gonna grab you by your face and say. Thank you, young man. Thank yeah. you so much. And There's you're a like, trolley and you're coming. Like, Guy, get out Go, of the way. <laughs> help me untie the other two, Mr. Rogers. <laughs> right. One of you Go run over. Go save Michelle Obama. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, maybe that's what you do. Yeah. Untie one, Mr. Rogers. <laughs> have him untie Michelle Obama, and then see how many other Mr. Rogers totally, totally. you can get. Even if it's just one more, maybe the third. I'm Mr. seeing Rogers the problem with the <laughs> untying thing, and that the switch is better. But. Um, so in this one, you are um, untying a real unicorn Whoa. or the cure for the common cold. Whoa. It's in a Petri dish and somebody tied it to a track <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> Just like they captured the real unicorn yeah. and tied it to a track. They figured <laughs> it out. When you get the unicorn, that's exactly what you do with Who it. Who is yeah. this motherfucker back there twirling his mustache? I like, no. <laughs> Probably the devil. <laughs> Tying all these wonderful things to train tracks. Yeah. Dang. I know. You got it? You got it? I'm going to go with the unicorn. You're going to save, save the, the unicorn. unicorn? I'm going to save the unicorn. I mean, it's magic. Colds aren't that bad. Yeah. Not it's not bad. a lethal sickness. Not, and, yeah. you know, people deserve to get sick sometimes. Like, you got to have highs and lows in life. You're so right. You got to balance it out. You're also, right. sometimes, even though being sick sucks, mm-hmm. you still got to die off work. Mm-hmm. I mean, the day off work is so well. You know what? If there were no sick days, then we couldn't take a day off work and pre- go to Disneyland and pretend we're sick. <laughs> Got it. That's true. So that's right. why we need the common cold. Um, Most jobs don't let you off just for a cold. You have to be really sick. Be really <laughs> that's sick. true. Yeah. But you, you our t- boss you is take like, that. if you even if you even think you might be cold, she's like, no, no, I don't want that near me. Like, because she also has three. Yeah. She has three kids. She has triplets. Yeah. So she's like, if I get sick and they get sick, they're all the there's world her, ends. There's yeah. her instincts exactly. to protect her family. Yeah. But if you're like, tell your boss, hey, I got to take a if day off work. If she were on the end of this trolley, she <laughs> would. I would save her. Yeah. In an instant. No, I'm saying she would, if she was flipping the switch, she would probably kill the unicorn. Oh, like, sorry, sure. kids, no unicorn, but you will never be sick again. Yeah. yeah. She, you're right. She would. Um, Two William Shakespeare's or six William Shatner's. <laughs> <laughs> um... I'd save the two William Shakespeare's. Yeah? I don't really care about Shatner. Wow. He gave would, us Travelocity, I, would, I guess, or whatever. I would save 
That was William Shatner's greatest gift to us. Look, I didn't watch Star Trek. Oh my god! I didn't watch Mister Rogers. I didn't watch Star Trek. Wow! Please, everybody, tweet at Haley why she's so incorrect about <laughs> William Shatner. Anyway, so let me ask you: Have you ever been in a Shakespeare play? Oh, have you ever? No, but I've read I some. Have. Yes, I've yeah. read yes. some. Yeah, never been in. I'm the- not saying all of the, his works. Are you going to save Shatner? Out. Well, no, I'm going to save Shakespeare. Save Shakespeare. Yeah. These yeah. are too easy, I guess. Yeah. No, they're great. Oh I love I mean, these. First yeah. of all, we it's don't so need creative. six Shatners. Like one Shatner it's is enough. Six Shatners. One don't Shatner need six. is one Shatner too many. I'm saying our Shatner is included in the six. <laughs> he will also die. I didn't make six clones of Shatner, and then he gets to go off and not get hit by a trolley. He's included in this. But I, my my life is like for I, I will say my life is barely affected by yeah. Shakespeare or Shatner, but. I've had more fun with Shakespeare. Fair enough. Fair enough. God, I sound like such a dickhead. Yeah. Um, I love Shakespeare. <laughs> uh, okay, this is sort of a, there's a, a streaming theme. Uh, Mrs. Maisel or Baby Yoda. Dang, I haven't watched either of these. Oh my gosh. You know Miss Maisel though. She's like a funny uh, Jewish um, lady and she tells sure. jokes. And Baby Yoda is Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda is Baby Yoda. We love Baby Yoda. Um, we love Miss Maisel. Don't tell Adam this. Oh. <gasps> Gonna, I'm probably gonna save Maisel. Yeah, yeah. I think she's gonna totally do more fair. for us. She does more for us. I know. I love her so much. What do you got? Mm, I think I have to go with Baby Yoda. He's gotta save. He's baby just Yoda. a baby. He's, He's just, just a baby. A, it's basically the first right? question. What if it was, <laughs> what if it was Baby Yoda or, or four a baby? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, yeah. What about Baby Yoda or a baby? Ooh, I mean, that's this, a tough one. You have to one. think about his mother, right? <laughs> All right. This is, I think this is going to be a really hard one okay. for you, Haley. Oh my God. Ellen Ripley or everyone who's currently at Ripley's Believe It or Not in Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> what are you, this is the easiest one of all. Everyone, the staff, everyone visiting from out of town, everybody. <laughs> so you're telling me yeah. 40 strangers yeah. or the world. People who you do not know, yes. Or of Ellen Ripley. Or, uh. See, here's the thing. If Ellen, <laughs> <laughs> I'm s- like, I'm gonna sound like a monster. Uh-huh. You set this up to make me sound like a monster. <laughs> no. I would never. I gotta save Ellen Ripley. Gotta s- <laughs> <laughs> Everyone cause... who is currently there, we're gonna go. We're gonna check the record. <laughs> we're gonna find out all the names of everyone who is currently right now at the Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum, oh, no, and no. you tell them that you murder them in cold blood to save a fictional character. Here's the thing. All right, if yeah. there is an alien invasion, right. are those 40 people no, going to save us? No, they're not going to do shit. You know who will? <laughs> Ellen Ripley. Ellen Ripley. <laughs> in fact, Ellen Ripley will finally find a way to get out from under the train in the last second. <laughs> what are you thinking? Um, I Actually, this one I didn't know very well, so I'm going to go with the 40 people. Okay. Yeah. Because... They didn't know me before, but they will know me they when I save them. You save them, right. I will be the hero. There might also be just nobody like to at that the museum right mother. now. <laughs> totally fair. I like that you're thinking about these in a very real That's way. That's true. See, I haven't thought about the press this time. Yeah. And like, I would be in a lot of trouble <laughs> if they were like, Haley, Ellen Ripley doesn't exist. <laughs> like, oh. Also, the scenario of everybody having like, hey, everybody, we need you to uh, quickly leave the Ripley Believe It You're Not Museum for a second. We're all just going <laughs> to just stand right here. Yep. And sir, and just yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. what is this for? Let is this for like, 40 yep. people real quick? Yeah. You could do anything to tourists, though. If they pay a ticket for it, they'll like. <laughs> like, OK. Yeah, sure. 
Are we going to meet? Just tell them they're going to watch a trolley run over Ellen Ripley and they'll do it. Wow, cool. Is that a wax statue of Ellen Ripley? No, No. it's the real thing. It is Sigourney Weaver (laughs) reprising her character as Ellen Ripley. Oh, so I didn't say that. That's true. It is literally, you literally described a fake person. Yeah. And I'm going to save that fake person. person. I'm a monster. In this world, she exists. Yeah. Um, All right. A a giant spider. Mm. Giant. Mm. Like... The, like like take over the world Godzilla type mm-hmm. or two Hitlers <gasps> and, yeah because here's the thing yeah my girlfriend hates spiders yeah so I was gonna be like whatever the other one is I'm gonna kill the spider because she would never forgive me right if I let a giant spider out two Hitlers but now you're telling me two Hitlers imagine what two Hitlers would do so <sighs> you know what I'm gonna save the spider Okay. I'll tell you why. Because I don't even smash spiders in my house. Right. I just pick them up and throw them outside. You put the big spider under a very big cup. (laughs) (laughs) I just get a giant cup and just put it over it and then slide a piece of giant paper under it. And And put it into space somehow. (laughs) Because here's the thing. I don't know what that giant spider's capable of. I I do know what two Hitlers are capable of. And they have to die. Yeah, they do. Well... I generally try not to kill spiders either, mostly because they uh, kill bloodsuckers and yeah. mosquitoes yes. and other bugs and love me. Yeah. But uh, when a spider bad, gets like super close, like in my bed, and I it's, it's right dead, there, right? Yeah. Um, but uh, I think I would get more satisfaction out of killing killing Hitler. two yeah. Hitlers. It would feel yeah. so good. It'd feel really good killing this two Hitlers. This is the one time I've been like the killing I like. I like yep. this. Yeah. I, I wanted like. to pick one where like there had to be one where. You wanted to kill him. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, I've got, oh man, I have two more, but I feel like we're running out of time. All right, I'll just do one. Um, the entire cast of The Good Place. <laughs> okay. Or just Ted Danson. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, is Ted Danson not included in he's that? On oh, he's so on both. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Ted, you gotta go. Just Ted. What if it's Ted and then everybody else from The Good Place? Yeah, Ted, you gotta go. Sorry, Ted. America's sweetheart. Yeah, because who plays Janet? Can't lose her. Darcy Carden. Darcy Carden. All those beautiful people. I have to bring this around to... I actually worked on the set of The Good Place for a day. <gasps> I oh, love you? that yeah. show. No way. And I've never seen it. Oh, oh it's, it's great. so good. It's really fun. So, just Ted Dancing? <laughs> Probably just oh, Ted no, Dancing. Oh, Ted. Because the other people, you know, they need jobs. And like, That's true. Yeah. We can, I need a job, too. Are you going to say we can replace Ted Dancing? <laughs> because we cannot. <laughs> I, don't I mean, know. I will say. Sam. There's always <laughs> a look killing al- There's a lookalike for, for, for everyone. That's oh, true. Rude. I will say, in terms of the good place, if everyone was recast except Ted Danson, the show could probably continue. Ted, but I if mean, Ted was recast, I don't know if it could. I can't. He was the, what sold the show, I think, because yeah. he was on it. Um, I had one more, but I'm not going to do it. But uh, the person who invented trolleys and the person who invented switches—that <laughs> was it. <laughs> um, that's it. Those are the trolley problems. Uh, Great game, Zach. Thank you. Super Thanks fun. for playing. Um, that's all we have uh, for our part of the show anyway. Did you have fun? During- yeah, yeah. Great. Thank you again. And yeah. thanks so much for yeah answering all our questions. I knew nothing, basically. Yeah. Uh, so. I, I think it's really good that, you know, like I got to talk about consent is really important. And, totally. And so important. Things about rope that they wouldn't know. Um, but there's tons of stuff that we could cover 
in the future. Oh, and, totally. Uh, I encourage people to research and learn more about it if they're interested. Mm-hmm. I feel like anytime we talk on anything, it's... We only can scratch the surface. Yeah, it's like a part one yeah. and there's always going to be openings for more. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So now comes the time in the show where we hand the reins over, oh, the ropes over to you. <laughs> and you, uh, we've asked you so many questions today and you get to ask us one question you want. It can be anything and we will answer it to the best of our ability and judgment free. Yeah. So the reins of a unicorn in bondage? Yes. <laughs> exactly. A tide of unicorn? <laughs> um, great. Uh, <clears throat> what did you kill instead? The cold, the common cold. No, you saved the unicorn. Oh, yeah, yeah. I saved the unicorn. I get it. Right, I saved the unicorn too. I get it. The cold's okay. Um, so yeah, so um, you know, I appreciate you having me on a queer positive show like this and you guys, you know. Um, one of the things that you, I was thinking about a question and um, I guess I wanted to come from my personal experience because uh, there was a, point where I was uh, not very very angry at myself and not okay with patriarchy and masculinity mm-hmm. in society. Mm-hmm. And so I had a lot of self-hatred and resentment for being heterosexual. And so I came to a point where I had to like learn to accept myself. And at that point, I was able to thrive, you know, doing what I do mm. um, and enjoy being who I am. And so I kind of wanted to ask you about like, what how what point did you accept that you were uh queer or what mm-hmm. point did you really like take it on as an identity that you're um you know yeah, yeah. that's my yeah, time that's what point great, in your life totally good that's question all. it's a great, great question. question yeah do you want to go sure um i'm trying to think if i can pin an exact moment where i just accepted it i think um I don't know. I definitely was something I was fighting and I've talked about this before, but like throughout high school and then like the first year of college where I was just kind of, it felt like two sides of my brain, like being like, no, you're not. Yes, you're right. And the one part going like, this is going to pass. Like you're just, you got to be normal. Do you want a regular life like other people or, or that's not me. That's not how people think, you know, Zach is. And I think when I got to school away from just family, it's not that my family were putting a bunch of pressures on me, but I was just away from and able to really think of my, by myself. Um, I just was like, oh, this isn't really going away. I better start actively thinking about this. Mm-hmm. And then when I got into film school, I really started thinking like, wow, um, I'm going to be with these 30 people for two and a half years nonstop and ideally working with them much longer after that. I kind of want them to know who I am and I'd like to be that person around them. Um, so I think that just really unlocked a bit for me that it just, you know, um, and then I, as I get older, I think I just, I keep leveling up a little bit more and accepting different parts of me being gay, you know, um, even little things like when you're a baby gay, you think like, Oh, I can't like, like project runway or some shit or some stupid stuff. Cause I'm not that type of gay. And then you realize that's fucking stupid and you Mm -hmm. are that type of gay and it's a great show. And like, you can, like, you know, you just realize like, I don't know. So much stuff is is pushed down on you saying like feminine is bad or or this or that. Like, you know, the patriarchy is just garbage bullshit. <laughs> um, and yeah, and you just have to I think, yeah, as you get older, I just um, pull back another layer and just discover a new level of queerness that I can do. And you can always get more. You can always get gayer and gayer. Absolutely. Yeah. 
I completely agree. And I, I kind of feel the same way. Like, and I think people have heard this story before, but growing up in Florida and like with super right wing, like parents, like I was just like miserable. I was like, Oh God, I can never come out like, yeah. or I'll be gay, but I'll just never tell my parents, you know, kind of that thing. And that's the story I told myself when I was like 16. And then, and you know, just miserable for, for the rest of high school. And then, like you said, when I got to college, it was like a new chapter. Cause I was like, no one really knows me here. Mm -hmm. Um, I can kind of like finally, like I'm so desperate to be gay and be and like be gay openly that this is like a great chapter to like start it. Yeah. And so I did. And that was so nice. Cause yeah, everyone I met, like first met when we were in film school was like, Hey, I'm Haley. And like, blah, blah, blah. I didn't say, Hey, I'm Haley. I'm gay. But it sure. was like, then when we started talking about dating, I was like, oh yeah, well I'm gay. And, th and, and yeah, that was like so great. You want to slip it in. Yeah. yeah. And I feel the same way as you did. Like, especially when I was a teenager, when yeah. I first realized I was gay, I was like super girly because I was like, well, if I'm gay, I'm not going to be like a butch dyke. Right. I'm not like, going to be that kind of. Yeah. yeah I'm going to be so girly stupid. and like, oh, like I'm gay, but I'm not like that, you know? And, it, and then you realize like, and it, even it, like then when you're younger, you have this like level of shame mm -hmm. that you feel and then that's every, what it is it's just yeah. it's it's just a level it's just a curtain of shame and then every wearing. year yeah. you just peel a layer of yeah. shame off i it's, so su it's it's such a childish thing like and i hate when i still see guys who are like my age or older still saying that they're not that kind of gay or or that they don't do certain things because of this or they like it's it's just gar like grow up you know like it's just garbage it is like a level of like pandering to to the straights. To the straights, where it's like, it's like, hey, I'm trying to be an I'm acceptable gay, level like, of this. Yeah. yeah, it's like I'm an accept, I'm an okay level of gay. Yeah. Where it's like, I'm gay, but I still am like, <laughs> I'm one of the safe ones. I'm like Ellen. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, don't worry about me. Like, I'm a like, nice gay. Wear pantsuits and dance sometimes. People, yeah, yeah. people have their stereotypes of what it's supposed to be, and then you're like, right. actually, yeah. I'm not one of those. You know, right, right, right. Yeah. Because you want to, you want to, like, and it's a natural feeling, but you want to be like. I don't want to be ostracized, so I want to be like, hey, I'm gay, but like, I'm like you, yeah. you know, where it's like, I'm a good Did one. Did you used to say things to yourself, I'm like, where you're like, I mean, I'm gay, but it doesn't define me or some yeah, bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, okay, sis, like, <laughs> yeah. great. Love yeah, that yeah. shit. Um, but it, it's, yeah, so it's annoying. and it's just getting used to yourself and it's just getting comfortable in comfortable. your own skin. Yeah. And again, yeah, it's like. So yeah, I don't know that I can't pinpoint the moment. I think it's it's slow it's over time. It's constantly you know, evolving um, for me. There are, there are some people who like they just knew and yeah. just knew right away, and that's amazing. Mm -hmm. I love that for them. Mm -hmm. um, but it's still, I think, it's about growing up and discovering. It's a continual struggle to it, yeah. totally, totally. I, th I think that's why you know I thought it was a good question because it's a great question. Even great as the stereotypes of myself, mm -hmm. like. We all struggle in different things and, you yeah. know, it's often sometimes easy to accept different people in society, mm -hmm. but a lot of people have a hardest time accepting themselves and for who they are. And totally. so uh, I think that's... Yeah. It can be doubly okay. hard when you're like in a system that says they really do not want you there. Exactly. Or people would, project on exactly. you, there's only one way to be that type yep. of thing. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, that's that yeah. was a great question. Mm -hmm. Great question. It's very solid. So thanks for asking yeah. that. Well, thank you for telling me. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no problem. Uh, yeah, yeah. I've so, had... oh, oh, you go. Oh, no, you no, go. No, no you. Are you guys? <laughs> no, no. Uh, uh. Oh, I waited all the, <laughs> this whole show to say that. <laughs> You're the first one. It's incredible. 
Um, but Arjun, thank you so much for yeah. coming on. Yeah, um, appreciate it yeah, so much. I yeah, because I kind of knew nothing about Shibari mm-hmm. like at all, except rope. Like that was all I knew about it. Yeah. And, um, so yeah, thanks so much for coming on and answering questions and like teaching us a little bit about it mm-hmm. and um, teaching our listeners a little bit about it. And I guess they can, you know, you gave them kind of the first chapter and they can and kind like of... dropped a couple of resources. Like, yeah. yeah, I think there's a lot so of really appreciate great that. Stuff people can yeah. Pull from. I mean, especially now, like I've, I'm fortunate that uh, I started getting good at it and excelling at a point where it became widely popular. And uh, like I said, I had no intention to be this fetish you know, performer and, and mm-hmm. rope artist with, you know, ties to just worldwide community. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I feel that I am now and that's very, very, I'm very lucky. Very cool. That's um, cool. So where can people find you? Uh, well, Pirate Gentleman is my tagline and it is my website, pirategentleman.com, which I'm still trying to work on. <laughs> and um, Instagram is where I share most of my Erotic art and bondage photography. There's a lot of good art on and Instagram. And you're a photographer as well. I was seeing some of the stuff that you... Yeah, yeah it's great. it's it's not my first forte per se. Mm-hmm. Rope is, but um, but uh, it definitely was... Uh, I started shooting my own work out of necessity and out of a goal to like uh, print and have rights to it and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. I still do shoots with other photographers and people's creative projects cool. and support other artists in that way. Um but uh, yeah, so Pirate Gentleman on Instagram. Um, as I said, if you like goth music and sexy dance clubs, there's some great uh, events that I usually try to uh, promote in my story. Great. Um, there and uh, yeah, uh, if anybody's interested in learning Shibari, you know, I suggest just looking it up. There's tons of resources about how to do it consensually and safely mm-hmm. and find somebody else's into it and it'll be easy to uh to uh start that journey. beautiful great thanks so much great and zach yeah where can people find us uh where can we be found <laughs> uh we are on facebook we're not together very easy to look up we are on twitter at not together cast on instagram at not together podcast uh we can be emailed at not together podcast at gmail.com uh please let us know if we got any sort of thing wrong or if something piqued your interest um also tell us about your kinks and stuff you know that's great did we run over the wrong person let (laughs) us know too that'd be great are you we have saved the four horses are you six william shatners have you (laughs) recently been run over in a horrible accident (laughs) you might or i just realized they might be the four horses of the apocalypse they are they are and the other baby was hitler oh Oh. (laughs) wrong choice damn it Oh well. So yeah, if you are, <laughs> what is it? Six William Shatner. <laughs> you may. You may have, <laughs> you have claims money. to damages. <laughs> Contact Ogle and Ogle Og- and Associates. It's, just, it's me and myself. <laughs> yeah. and also, you're in it, but you're Associates for yeah, some I'm, reason. Yeah, I'm Associates. Got it. Fair enough. One day you'll make partner. Oh, here's uh, hoping. Here's hoping. Uh, so yeah, please reach out. We love <laughs> it when you guys uh, chat with us. We're lonely. We're lonely. Um, and otherwise, happy holidays. Happy holidays. Happy oh. holidays. Happy holidays. And by the way, everybody, um, we're going to be taking two weeks off. Just for the break. Just for the holidays. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll uh, see you back in 2020. And ah. we're going to miss you for those two weeks. Trust us. But, you know, we're going to be traveling. And again, because we're not together, mm-hmm. we're not traveling together. We, we got We got to go see our separate families. So. But I will be texting my mom the whole way. <laughs> Brant. <laughs> Brant. <laughs> Don't get lost. So, don't get lost oh. at the airport. 
Yeah, um, I realize this uh, show may air a little later than the events I mentioned, but I'm I want sure. everybody to have a very kinky Christmas. Uh, have, a kinky have a kinky Christmas, Christmas everybody. I'm going to a kinky Santa, Secret Santa uh, thing on Sunday, so that'll be fun. That's great. Yeah. Um, Probably have a new toy afterwards. So. Ooh. Yeah, maybe. So yeah, I think we're going to see y'all in 2020. So we'll see you then. Once again, I'm Haley. I'm Zach. And we're, we're not, not together. together. Thanks for listening. We're Not Together is a Reverie original podcast, executive produced by Aaliyah J. Daniels, LaShawn McGee, Chris Rodriguez, and Damian Pellicone. The show is hosted and produced by Zach Ogle and Haley Manrique. show is edited by Josh Perkins, and our theme song was composed by Barry Anderson. Download the Reverie app now and use the code TOGETHER, Together. for 25% off your first three months. <laughs>